Hey, hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 364. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode. We hope you're keeping well and safe. We hope you've had a cracking week. And that you've all managed to do something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related eh? We're back in the swing of it now, mate. Look. Yeah, pro podcasting again. Straight back in it. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I hope you had a good one, peeps, and uh, you enjoyed our comeback, quote-unquote, comeback episode last week where we reviewed the power of the Doctor. We had loads of um, of really cool comments and feedback for you guys leaving your scores and your, you know, your mini-reviews and stuff. So thank you so much again. To you guys for that and stark contrast to this week with our torch with episode we've had <laughs> hardly any so um no. yeah um, a little bit of a change up so apologies so when we recorded last week towards the end of that episode we said we were going to do the silurians the um the third doctor story this week but as fate would have it once again just been a bit busy this week so we haven't got time to watch a million parts of classic who unfortunately so we're going to get back onto torchwood and the upside of doing that is um, once we've um, kicked back on the uh, the Torchwood trail today, it means we'll have finished up all of Torchwood by the end of this year. So towards the end of December, we would have recorded and reviewed all of them. So that'd be good. How many how many episodes have we got left of Miracle Day? Because uh, the annoying thing with the Blu-ray, I'm sure you're watching them on BritBox or whatever, but I'm still using the good old-fashioned <laughs> Blu-ray. The annoying thing is it doesn't have the episode numbers or names or anything on the box or the discs it's really frustrating so i'm putting in the disc trying to find which episode we're on um so yeah i <laughs> yeah. put in the put in the first disc and i was like oh Immortal sins isn't on this one eject and i because obviously it's been so long since we watched it <laughs> that i don't i couldn't remember where we were at with it but yeah how many okay. have we got left yeah so out of 10 we're going to do number seven this week, so we have three oh, remaining. Seven. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. It's not too. Do you yeah. know? I know you were saying about the comments there, mate, and um, I know you know we're well aware that the the Torchwood Miracle Day is so far falling a bit flat, and people are you know not really enjoying it much and, and stuff. And also, yeah, I think people are looking forward to us getting out of the way. But you know what? In a strange way, I was actually really quite looking forward to getting back into this because although the series hasn't been the best so far. I've got to know there is something there that you know there's enough to keep me invested in it so I was I think having a break from it as well apart from trying to remember what happened up until this point uh luckily they do the recaps and stuff but um yeah apart from that I, I've sort of was almost looking forward to to watching this this week I have to be honest it's you know there's enough going on to sort of keep me invested but I, I it's I get why people are a bit like every time we say we did talk to like oh no not torture we will get it done and there's no way we're not going to finish we're not going to just stop reviewing it after so we'll get mm. this series in the can um but I'm, I'm all right I'm, I'm drifting along with it okay now now we've sort of got this far you know I'm not yep. loving it but um, and this week's episode certainly an interesting one uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to talking through it but yeah but when, when we decided to switch round I wasn't like I didn't groan and think, oh, no, not tortured. <laughs> I was thinking, I actually felt like I wanted to see our little Torchwood gang. 
because uh, uh, we've had a bit of a break from him. So, hmm. yeah, but I think this is an interesting one to talk for as well. Immortal Sins. Immortal Sins, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In terms of uh, stuff that we've been up to, Doctor Who-wise mm-hmm. and whatnot, I haven't done uh, anything Doctor who this week other than watch Torchwood, obviously. But I know that you've been somewhere, Doctor who bud. What have you been up to? Yeah, so yeah, we had a BFR event uh, last weekend. Uh, they showed the Time Meddler, uh, the classic First Doctor story, um, which was another great event. And uh, we got to see a couple of exclusive little extracts from the new extras, which of course... Um, are great. I mean, we, the, the standard of the new extras that we get for these Blu-ray sets has is, is become so high um, that they are just such a treat, aren't they? Um, so we got to see a little bit of a behind the sofa. Um, what else did we get to see? Gosh, I forget now, but um, a little bit of the Matthew Sweet interview. Interestingly, he he interviews William Russell on this, you know, the In Conversation with Matthew Sweet. He interviews William Russell, and I think he said it was recorded in like 2018 or something. So, you know, they're, they're planning quite far ahead with these releases, it seems. I'm sure at the start he said something like, so here we are, 2018, or William Russell, and I was like, 2018? Blimey. Um, so, yeah, we, it was another great event. I Unfortunately, um, our roving reporter, Maria, was ill and couldn't be there. And so no. we won't get one of her fantastic in-depth write-ups about it. And it's no good relying on me because I was straight to the bar afterwards, <laughs> as always. Uh, so uh, sorry to not be too in-depth uh, about the actual day. <laughs> um, but it was another great event, mate. And I was wondering how like an early black and white would go down with the audience, because uh, even you know something like the Time Meddler, which is I think is a good story, there are mm. a lot of slow... <laughs> there's a lot of panning shots of, like the sets and and eerie monk music and you know there's a there's a bit of padding to say the least in certain episodes and i was just wondering if the audience would get a bit restless but it went down really well and watching it again i'd forgotten how many great lines william hartnell gets in it he gets some really funny dialogue in the episode uh, like space helmet for a cow and all that and you know there, it, it's a and there was lots of laughter um a lot more than i was expecting for an old class classic black and white doctor who so, yes, it was really good to see on the big screen. Um, Peter Purvis was there in attendance. He came and did a little talk on stage, and he was very entertaining. He's quite frank, um, I, which I, I always quite like that when you get someone... I mean, it can be a bit awkward sometimes when you get someone that will speak their mind, but he sort of kept... He sort of towed the line a bit, but he was he's quite a frank, open and honest person when he's being interviewed, so we got some good... Good stuff from him. Uh, we also had ah, oh, and I've forgotten the actor's name. Who was the who was the meddling monk in it? The guy from the Carry On films. I've, his oh. name's just completely gone. Well, his um, son yeah. was there, um, and uh, so it was lovely to hear him talking about seeing his dad on screen. And um, interestingly, he said he'd never seen it before. He was like, "My dad, you know, I was known for the Carry On films and stuff." Um, oh, Peter Butterworth. Peter Butterworth, thank yep. you. Yeah, uh, he does give such a great performance mm. in it. So his son was there. And um, yeah, was, he just said it was just so lovely to be watching his dad on the big screen in, in something that he'd never seen before, even though that his, he said you know, he was a big Doctor Who fan when he was a kid and he, he used to watch it with his dad. But he said he never, he'd never seen that one, so that was good. And also, the person who got me the ticket and was sat next to me, our good friend Morgan McCandles, uh, had also never seen this episode. So I, uh-huh. it was great because I was sort of, 
knowing that there are a few little nuggets in this, like the monk's TARDIS, you know, that surprise reveal and the monk being revealed as a Time Lord and stuff. Um, I was just really intrigued. Like every time something like that dropped on the screen, I would look to the right to see Morgan's expression because he'd, he'd never seen it before. So that was really cool just to be with a Doctor Who fan who was mm. experiencing that story uh, for the first time. And I don't know about you, I, I sort of forget that it's got some quite important moments in Doctor Who's history, like the reveal of the monk and who he is. And you get a bit more of the Doctor's backstory, you know, for the first time. And then the TARDIS, another TARDIS, the monk's TARDIS and stuff. There's some sort of quite important moments in that story, which are, are kind of firsts for Doctor Who then. So, yeah, it was really interesting to see it with someone who'd never watched it. And also with all the guest cast and stuff. So another great day, mate. Those BFI events just continue to be uh, fantastic. Um, probably they are still, I think, my favourite events uh, that mm. are put on. I know people, I know they're always in London and I do feel for people that would like to see them do them in other parts of the country. Um, but yes, if you can ever get to these events, they're worth it. If you can ever get a ticket, I mean, they sell out so fast now. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, there's nothing I... I don't know how you can get a ticket if you don't get there on the day because they do absolutely fly out. But, yeah, worth it. It is worth it. Yeah, we say that all the time, don't we? If you can get yeah. down to get down there to the BFI, it's, uh, it's just a really cool day, you know, not just the fact that... Um, and anyone that's listened to our show for a long time will know that we say it's like a broken record almost with us. It's, um, hmm. it's, uh, it's very cool watching Doctor Who with lots of other Who fans in a cinema it's just something that brings out the the moments and the themes from the story that you don't necessarily get just on the sofa mm. by yourself like you mentioned that um there are some quite funny bits in it yeah and typically when you're watching classic who especially at the at the bfi those humorous moments are a lot funnier for some reason than just watching it at home and things like that so yes if you can they do them probably what three or four times a year i would mm. say so they're on reasonably frequently. So if you can get to one and if you haven't been to one yet, it's defo worth it. Defo. Yeah, the the atmosphere things are definite. I mean, as I said, I wasn't sure with it being a black and white app how it was gonna go go down. Um, but there was there was a lot of laughter. Like and Hartnell's performance just really came across so well on screen, you know. And when I say laughter, I don't mean people laughing at it, you know, it, it being bad or anything. I mean just stuff like Hartnell's so irascible, you know, as his doctor, uh, but he's also so charming in scenes. There's a lovely scene with him and Vicky at the start yeah, where he's yeah. talking about um, Barbara and Ian leaving. It's just beautifully done. And then in the next scene, you know, he's like poking the, the monk in the, in, in his, with a stick in the back going, go on, move, and getting all cross. And uh, it was just lovely to see, A, Hartnell being so great on screen and, and B, just getting such appreciation because I love Hartnell's doctor <laughs> and, and I do think he's underrated. And I said to Morgan, I said, you know, even though I love, even though I love Hartnell's Doctor, when I watch him like that on the big screen, I just realised that even I don't appreciate him for how good he was. Like when he's on form, mm -hmm. and he is on form in that episode, without a doubt, um, he was so good as the Doctor. So yeah, but that that really came across watching it with other people in a cinema. It really, really came across the. Uh, you know, that people were enjoying him as the Doctor because he gets some great moments in that story. So, yeah. yeah very cool. Very, very cool. Right. So that's the BFI event done and dusted. The next one, actually, is probably going to be next year now, isn't it? It will be, yeah, yeah. For, for whatever the next box says. Sorry, actually, just for listeners that don't know 
about these events. It, basically, every time a Blu-ray set gets released or is about to be released, because this one hasn't been released yet, uh, the BFI uh, British Film Institute do these screenings of an episode from the box set in London, and basically just uh, you sit in a big, it's like a cinema, um, very cosy cinema, and watch Dot Two on the big screen. So just for any, you know, I was thinking our US listeners or whatever might not know what, what I'm talking about BFI, but yeah, that's basically what it is. It's watching Doctor Who in a very cosy um, cinema. It's it's lovely. Cool. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, the Blu-ray sets, and they did that with other stuff as well, not just Doctor Who. So. Oh, yeah, sorry, um, yeah, they do, yeah, they don't just yeah. open a cinema for Doctor Who, that would be cool, but no. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, you and I went to the Wurzel Gummidge one that they did, which was amazing. Oh, wasn't that great? Yeah, I think that's coming out oh. soon, you know, that must be due out soon, isn't it, the Wurzel Blu-ray set? It I'm so be. glad you reminded me, because I, I didn't know that that was so long ago now. Um, that I'd actually forgotten about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out as soon as we finish recording, and that yes. must be coming out soon because that was so long ago. We went to that event. <laughs> it must be soon. Yeah, it must be soon. Yeah. yeah, and they do some very cool stuff there. So just check out the BFI website and make sure you signed up to. I'm sure they do an email newsletter where they'll they'll pop out all the cool stuff and things that are coming up. But there was a really good one for Halloween. Um, I think our friend uh, was it Will. Was it Will um, was there to watch Ghost Watch on Halloween? You know the the mm. that BBC um, uh, sort of little horror documentary thing that was well. out yeah. years ago Michael that they banned. Yeah. yeah, so they they played that at the BFI and he was there and oh cool yeah just some very cool some very cool stuff. Anyway, that's the BFI. Uh, shall we land some news? Shall we land We've some, got some news? news? Okay, <laughs> we, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> land some news. Shall we land the TARDIS <laughs> and do this one little insy bit of news? Shall we do it? Rightio, very quickly then, we're going to talk about uh, how the power of the Doctor did uh, the other the other day in terms of viewing figures last week. And um, not terrible, actually, not too bad on this one. So this is the consolidated figures. So this mm-hmm. um, lumps in all together the, um, uh, just er- everywhere that people have watched um, the episode. And uh, this is also ratings for the 17th to the 23rd of October as well. So in a nutshell done pretty well 5.3 million viewers take or take or leave a, a few viewers mm. um, making it the second most watched program on the sunday and the fifth most watched program overall for the entire week which dude is you know in terms of um uh, how that relates and in contrast to other shows that have been on that week that's that's pretty good so top of the um top of the charts obviously went to the um, the expected ones that are out this time of year, so Strictly Come Dancing is the top one. Um, Why is that so popular? People love it, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. I've never watched it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, and then the results show <laughs> for Strictly, Comes Dan- uh, Strictly Come Dancing is also very popular. Then The Great British Bake Off, and then ITV's Doc Martin was fourth, and Doctor Who was fifth. So, mm. not terrible, dude. Not terrible at all. No, I mean it's all right. I, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. I mean, when when you break it down, uh, it was actually watched live by two point three seven million viewers, which seems very low for a live viewing figure. And then it gained a bit overnight and was like, I think the overnight figure came in at three and a half. So we've added on a little bit more in terms of viewers um, since then. Five. It's, I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound 
a massive figure off the bat, but when you put it in sort of position, like you said, it's the second. Do you say it's the second most watched program that week? The second most watched for yeah. the um, for the Sunday, and for fifth, the Sunday, and sorry, fifth most yeah. for the week. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you put it like that, I suppose that's the important thing. It's not as if like it's been trounced in the ratings um, by other shows. It's it's still in a reasonable position in terms of what other shows got viewing figures for. But so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a good result. I think I just was hoping it would sort of creep up towards the seven or eight really for a regen but yes it's i'm not playing it down it's still a good result you know second most watched program that day is cool yeah yeah not too bad so um that must put the smile on some faces um of people at the bbc and jody and whatnot as her last you know her last hurrah if you like as she bows out of the doctor so it would have been you know fairly crappy for her if it was like two million (laughs) viewers or you know something like that so that's true. Yes. I mean, that would be disaster, wouldn't it? And I, I know a lot of people play down the viewing figures, and I, I do get why. But me personally, I'm always quite interested in the viewing figures. So I'm not saying they're like the be-all and end-all. I know viewing habits have changed and all that. But I still like to know what the viewing figures are. I do, I do sort of check Twitter the following day to see what the overnights are. So I still find them interesting. But yeah, yeah. not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Righty. Yeah. Okay, no other news to talk about, really. Nothing else going on. So we're going to dive into our review, which is what today, dude? Yeah, let's crack on with Torchwood Miracle Day. And this episode is called Immortal Sins. Somebody's taken on Wen Reese, my mother, the whole bloody family. And they've said, if I bring you, they'll let them go unharmed. They want to kill you. But why do they want to do that? I don't know. Well, you've done something, haven't you? Way back when in that long bloody life of yours. Don't you think? Think! I'm on a kind of unofficial, official visit. Maranzano's people have stumbled across something they're not supposed to have. I've got to stop them. What's all this? A weapon. Out of all the shit we've seen, all the bloodshed, all the horrors, you know what is worse than all of that? I loved it. This is the story of my life. This is about my daughter. And I swear, for her sake, I will see you killed. Oof. Oh, Gwen, not taking any nonsense there. No nonsense at all from Gwen, <laughs> Just cool. Right, okay, so Immortal Sins, which is part of Miracle Day uh, from Torchwood, and it was first broadcast in the US on the 19th of August 2011, and we got it the week after on the 25th of August 2011. It was written by Jane um, Espenson. It was directed by uh, Gwyneth Horder-Payton, stars The Usuals, uh, plus um, a couple of... Um, fairly big uh, co-stars in this episode and then a bunch of like really small <laughs> uh, really small peeps uh, the, the official synopsis is very short and sweet Gwen must fight to protect her family she takes a terrifying journey covering miles and decades with Jack as the long history of the miracle is partially revealed mm. so what are your thoughts on this one dude because last time when we reviewed um, the uh, the middlemen that was called that was quite a a relatively shocking episode that one we learned about the like the present day stuff that's going on with the camps and the giant ovens Mm. and and all that stuff so this one was a little bit of a departure from that we haven't got so much of the big conspiracy theory stuff going on and all that this is more of a a deep dive into jack's history more than anything and 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 i think we're sort of turning a corner now as we're going to find out what this miracle stuff is so yeah a bit of a change up what were your thoughts 
Yeah, something a bit different this week, wouldn't it? I'm very conflicted on this one, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm so glad I was watching it on my own, especially those first 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it's a little bit naughty. Uh, well, it, yeah, I'm conflicted because I thought it was an intriguing story. Uh, it was, like you said, something a little bit different. And I it sort of kept me invested. I wondered where we were going with it and how it was going to tie in with you know, bringing forward the main story arc of, of who's behind the Miracle Day, which it actually kind of did. I mean, I was beginning to wonder where it was going um, halfway through, but it kind of did bring us a little bit closer to the Miracle Day answer and, and who's behind it and stuff. So that was all right. It kind of weaved that in. Um, I thought the performances from the cast were really good in this episode. Barrowman obviously loving the fact that he's got an episode centred around him, seems to be sort of grabbing it with both hands and, and, and going with it. He gives a good performance. And I thought the production values um, were good in it as well. It actually looked like quite a dark and gritty episode. So there's a lot of positives there, but I did find it quite an uncomfortable watch for the most part. So I don't know if I actually enjoyed it, if you know what I mean. So decent story, good performances, good production, mm -hmm. but uncomfortable to watch. Um, a very adult episode. And I'm not just talking about the softcore porn that we get in the first 10 minutes to, between uh, Captain Jack and, oh, what's his name? I mean, this, you know, it's pretty <laughs> full on. Mm -hmm. uh, even I was, I mean, I'm I'm a bit prudish anyway, but even I was a bit like, good Lord, <laughs> uh, you know, for Torchwood's a bit strong. Good Lord. So we get that, good Lord. So we get that, that sort of sex scene at the start. Okay, Torchwood, you know, being very adult as it is and the, i mean the bit for me that really got me because i'm i don't like gore really um i mean i can sort of normally put up a tortured gore because it's a little bit it's normally ott and ridiculous and over very quickly this was very sadistic that scene where jack was getting constantly stabbed beaten whipped shot i mean it was really grim and uh i think they showed just about as much as they could possibly show to get away with at the time for a, you know, what time would this have gone out? Nine o'clock, take or whatever it went out. Yeah, quite late. I mean, it was yeah. pretty close to the bone, I thought. And mm. I mean, nowadays it's probably, you know, they show all sorts on TV. It probably wouldn't even bat an eyelid nowadays, but I, I found it quite an uncomfortable watch. So, so yes, I need to talk through this one with you, mate, because I, I don't really know <laughs> what I made of it. I thought it was, a, I liked sort of the conclusion. By the time I got to the end of it, almost breathed out a big sigh of relief of like, oh, I've got through it. But I did think there was, I did think there was something to it. It didn't feel like throwaway. It felt like it gave an interesting sort of backstory to Jack and these three people that buy him or whatever, or these three mystery people uh, that are being brought into play into the main story arc. So that intrigued me. And the whole scene at the end where mm. they deliver Jack to, the, to them and, you know, and stuff. So... Yeah, I'm really not sure about this one. I thought it was a good episode, but I wouldn't want to watch it again. <laughs> that makes sense. So, you know, it's just, it's so yeah, grim yeah. and horrible yeah. and, and nasty that I, d I probably wouldn't want to watch it again. But it had some substance this week, I thought. Okay. The, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I need to talk through with you, mate, because I don't really know what I thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my, my thought overall was it definitely feels like a different type of Torchwood episode mm -hmm. in, in what I mean by that is what we've had up to now with Miracle Day. It feels very much like we've gone down this path of um, there's the miracle that's happening, obviously, which is the the big arc of the, the story, but we've not up to this point, we've not been 
um, the door's not been opened even a little bit for the viewer to find out what that is. So mm-hmm. we just had to flip between um, the Dane's character, you know, that the dude, Bill Pullman. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about him till the, till the next time trailer. I was like, oh, yeah, him. Yep, so his involvement in how he fits into this from like a celebrity PR sort of point of view. Mm. Um, and then the the CIA and Rex and what what's happened with him and stuff, and then Torchwood, of course. So all we've done is sort of go around in this kind of triangle of the CIA and, you know, the doctors. Remember the, the lovely lady that was killed, the doctor in the oven? Rex's, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. So this one was a very different direction for that because they just ditched all of that just for one episode to give us a little bit of a, just one giant um, uh, flashback almost uh, yeah, episode. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a case of this story moves the plot along in present day what's happening in Torchwood with the miracle and stuff. It was more a case of, um, you know, we need some, we need some exposition going on here and we haven't done it yet. <laughs> and if we don't do it, we're going to get to the end of the series and people are just going to be scratching their heads like, well, how did that happen and what happened with that? So I think they've done it now because uh, I think the next three episodes are going to be that build up to the big, the big finish kind of thing. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a good change of direction because I think now it's now that we're sort of eight, well, seven episodes in, I do feel like we do need just a little bit of a, a little bit of hand-holding for what this thing actually is and how it's come about. Mm. So it's clear, isn't it? And of course, dear listener, we're very sorry. Um, this Our reviews are obviously spoiler-rific, but, you know, this has been out for a long time now. So um, yeah. uh, if you've not watched it yet, then then pause and, and go and do that. But it's clear, isn't it, that the miracle is linked to Jack um, and his immortality because that scene that you mentioned where um, it's really cool, actually, how that, twist happened in the flashback part of the story because as adam said there's a there's a very racy scene towards the beginning and basically Mm. jack kind of falls very quickly for this um yeah very quickly yeah this italian yeah this italian immigrant who um steals jack's visa paperwork at the beginning but jack's kind of lenient because you know jack we know jack he's a bit of a flirt and he likes this nice young looking guy and helps him out and then kind of falls for him they fall for each other quite quickly and uh Mm. but the twist which is very cool is that um angelo sees jack shot in the head and in the stomach and sees him die and stuff clearly he didn't know anything about jack's gift quote unquote and so when Jack pops up later when he's released from because um j- just to give you a very quick overview the um Jack has been sent to New York at this time period to kill this parasite that's going to be planted into the president so that he can't um join the second world war so that the Nazis win and change his history and everything so Jack accomplishes that but in the in the midst of all that um what they're up to kind of gets the um the attention of these mob bosses in the in New York at that time, people like the early twenties. Mm. And so, um, him and Jack, are, Angelo and Jack are like this tag team almost. So Jack kind of likes the idea for a while that he wants to be like the doctor. He wants a companion, you know, he wants somebody to, you know, knock around with and stuff. Um, I like that idea as well. Yeah. Cause he even says that, I think it's the first time in this series that anyone in Torchwood 
has mentioned Doctor Who or the Doctor. So, you know, I think he actually says to to Angelo, look, there's this guy, the Doctor, who sort of runs throughout the universe and saves everybody. And he always has a companion. So, you know, why not? You know, that's the, that's the deal. Anyway, as they're going through this stuff, they get arrested. Jack gets shot. Angelo gets taken to prison. And then when he's released to Angelo's um, amazement, Jack's there waiting for him as he comes out of prison. So he's freaking out. He's like, I saw you get shot. I saw you were dead. And um, you think that they're going to get back on track. They go back to the the same little room and stuff that they rented. They start getting into it as they did in the first bit of the episode. But then Angelo stabs him because he thinks that Oh yeah, it's nasty. It's a real yeah. good twist because um because Angelo comes from this tiny, tiny little little village in Italy somewhere and he's not been exposed to like these big Western kind of um, open-mindedness, if you like. So he's very religious. You know, they talk about him and one of his closest friends being um, the priest that he grew up with and, and all that stuff. So he's very religious. So the only conclusion that he can come to is that Jack is the devil or he's some kind of witch or something mm. like that. So he freaks out and he stabs him and he kills him. And then we get onto that scene, the other one that you mentioned, where Jack is chained up in the butcher's place and so everybody wants to see this freak i guess you know everyone's like this guy can come back to life so like over and over and over again he's being stabbed and whipped and chained and killed and stuff like that anyway um there's this old woman who gets all of you know fills up this whole jar full of jack's blood because she feels like it's um it's got sort of healing properties i guess and you know it's kind of religious i guess in a way um mm. so yeah that's that's the just to you know bring this back for this long-winded thing it's um that's obviously the link to the miracle right so something to do with jack's blood and that stuff um is linked to this and that's why we have the flashbacks because we need to bring it back to present day where we have the other little introduction of a little twisty bit at the end where the whole reason why in present day Gwen has captured Jack is because somebody has contacted her via the magic lenses, the eye lenses, which are very cool, and basically said that we've got your family. If you don't bring us Jack, we'll kill them. So she obviously puts her family first, captures Jack. She's on a long old drive. Um, and then when we get to the end part of the episode, there's this woman that's like, um, you know, I've got your family, but then the other people are tortured, Rex and... Uh, Rex and Esther turn up because they realise at the beginning that something's not quite right with Gwen and Jack. So they're like, actually, something's not right here. They track them. They end up, you know, rescuing them from this woman at the end. And she's just like, look, it doesn't really matter. Nothing's changed. We, you, you might have rescued your family because that's the other thing. They contact PC Andy back in oh, Wales. Yeah. He goes to rescue the family. You know, everything's good. And this woman basically says, look, you might have rescued your family, but nothing's changed. And it turns out that Angelo is still alive. Yeah. So he's obviously going to be an old man now. So that's the other little twisty bit. We get to find out that this miracle seemingly is not this kind of like alien thing that's come down to Earth. You know, there's no kind of monster uh, sort of thing going on here. It turns out that this guy, Angelo, that Jack was involved with back in the 20s that led to this whole people of New York coming to see the freaky dude that comes back to life and capturing his blood and stuff, it's probably linked to that so Mm. it feels like jack is the is the catalyst for this whole miracle thing which is going to be a very cool twist so 
I'm very sorry, dude, for waffling on there, but I had to get it out in my head. Um, yeah, yeah. Out of my head. But yeah, so um, the the present day stuff, I actually thought was 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 pretty good because we saw a different side to Gwen. Because mm. up to this point, and Jack even says it in the car. Uh, sorry, Gwen says it in the car with Jack. She's like, you know, I'm 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 pissed off with you because even though I'm putting my family first, even now you're trying to talk your way out of it. And yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna assume that good old Gwen who loves Jack is gonna listen to it and untie you and you know all the rest of it. So um this is something that you and I have been calling out for for literally all of Torchwood. All of those yeah. episodes in the past where we've reviewed them and it's been like, why is she flirting so hard with Jack? Why does she want to be with Jack and all this sexual tension and stuff? And now she's finally like, no. Now that my family's involved, you can F off, mate. You know, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's talk about the present day stuff very quickly and then we'll get some of those flashbacks. But yeah, Gwen was very cool in this dude, not taking any any nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I just love it because she just knows Jack so well now that even when he thinks he's sort of pulled the wool over her eyes, she's like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. I know you better than that. I know exactly what you're trying to do. And it's just like, oh, you know, he can't get the better of Gwen. And I think she's one of the few people that Jack, you know, can't pull one over on. Um, she's just such a strong character. I, I, I thought those scenes were great in the car because she gives such a good performance. I kept thinking, though, look at the road, Gwen, because she's sort of got her eyes in the mirror looking at Jack and like, keep your eyes on the road, you're going to crash. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they were really good. And uh, I did. I liked the modern day scenes and I, I, I liked the twist at the end because, like I said, you know, wondering halfway through this episode, got the sort of religious stuff coming in and some very interesting ideas and you sort of, it's only really towards the end where you sort of twig that this is kind of coming all back because you keep thinking, why do they want Jack? Um, and you assume it's something he's done, but then this twist that actually it's to do with his immortality. And this is why it goes back to Angelo. And then, so we're thinking, so is Angelo the key to everything that's going on? That's, that's a pretty cool idea actually that he's somehow taken what he's seen, you know, in Jack's mortality and that he might still be alive after all these years. So I'm thinking, kind of looking forward to seeing him again. Um, so that was a good, good little twist and, and a good, you know, another good segment in the story. I just feel like maybe we needed this a little bit earlier on because we're on episode seven now, aren't we? And um, it is a good, so we're starting to finally find out the cause of the Miracle Day. Nothing to do with some big alien invasion. It seems it's a much <laughs> more... yeah basic back to basics plot which is fine but I, I i wonder if we should have got some of this a little bit earlier on just to keep us more invested i feel like there's been so much filler up until this point that um when we do get some good stuff like this you know a lot of uh, viewers and we know this from our listeners feedback have, have kind of already tuned out and given up whereas i feel if we'd have got this maybe midway episode five maybe that would have been a good halfway like twist turning point of oh yeah, right yeah, you know definitely. so this is this is what it's about or this is what it might be about because i'm intrigued now that's the thing this is what i say i'm sort of starting to get into it a bit you know i'm thinking <laughs> oh right so this this could be you know my mind's starting to try and piece together what's going on whereas before i probably wasn't too bothered you know so yes it was it was good it was it was a good twist and one we needed um and for the first time, I wouldn't say like I was itching to see the next episode, but I was intrigued to see the next episode. Like, okay, so we're going to see Angelo. Is he going to be all youthful and, 
you know, is he going to be like Jack now? And how are they going to re- reverse it and all this stuff? So, yeah. But just go, so you were talking about Gwen, though. Yes, as usual. Brilliant. And she's like the iron rod in any episode, isn't she? Even <laughs> if an episode's flagging, she's just so on point and strong in her yeah, performance yep. that uh, you just love her. I just love the fact she takes no bleep from Jack at all. Love it. Yeah, I wish we'd got more of that in series one and two, really. But yeah, uh, in terms a- of like, you know, instead of the, the, the sexual... Um, chemistry if you like between the two of them <laughs> i would have much preferred this but it's i suppose it's it's a it's a progression though isn't it she's she's gone through all that and she now knows jack like you know he was you know she knows him so well by mm. this point yeah that she actually can stand up to him so yeah it was good it was a good scene and you are wondering all the way through what has jack done because she's really <laughs> you know she will never put anyone above her family will she that's i mean that's just you know, not good. It's not going to happen. Even Jack, she'll throw into the wolves if it means protecting her family because he probably deserves it. She said, "You know, what have you done now? Yeah. What is it this time?" Yeah. yeah. Well, she knows, doesn't she, that um, nobody, including those guys at Torchwood, know one hundred percent Jack's history still because mm, he's, right. he's yeah. quite aloof, isn't he? He only reveals mm. certain bits when he feels like it. So she knows, and she is. Um, so Eve Miles does a really good, a really really good way um um, she puts out this performance in this one that you can tell that she's she's conflicted to a degree she knows 100 percent, and she's very confident in the fact that nobody is going to mess with her family you can tell that she's so even jack uh, like he said you know uh, like she said um you're going to try and talk me out of it and i'm going to be like you know good old, you know i love jack and i'm going to she doesn't do that in this one. She knows that her family's at stake. But there is still a level of conflict there because she says to him that when she joined Torchwood, you know, she loved it. She loved having all of this, you know, the way that Torchwood ran and how she did things. And even though people have died and all that sort of stuff, she still loves it. And you can tell that she she really means that because Eve Miles does this great thing of she's really upset. Her eyes are like bloodshot and teary and read mm. for quite a while but at the same time she's mega angry because she's like you've done something like some like your cast your cast your past has caught up with you you've obviously annoyed somebody and now <laughs> this is the result because of you my family is now in danger so that's why she's so she's so angry with her and there's this mm. there was this bit where you actually thought hold on a minute these two are you know they're not because she's basically said that if Anything happens, I'm I'll kill you. Basically, where mm. you stand, I don't know how she's. Oh, oh, because he's mortal, of course. Um, she basically says, like, I will. You know, oh, that's the other thing, listener. If you've not watched this at this point in the game, because of the miracle that's going on, Jack is now mortal. So if he was to be shot or, you know, his head chopped off or whatever, he's not going to come back. So that's it. So basically, she she knows that now, so she can threaten him properly. So she's mm. like, if anything happens, I'm going to kill you. And then he has this real kind of menacing evil look on his face and basically replies and says look um my life is now fragile in a way i don't have the ability anymore to to come back to life so i'm not going to give this away for anybody so if you try anything i will kill you yeah. he basically says i'll rip the skin off of your skull or something something like that yeah so yeah, you think a bit heated in that car isn't yeah it? 
Yeah, and yeah. you think, bloody hell, this is getting a bit... Yeah, and then at the end, like, they hug, they hug it out and they're like, yeah, I meant that, yeah, I know, yeah, whatever. And then they crack on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those present-day stuff, those present-day scenes were very cool. It was very much uh, just Gwen and Jack, basically, just mm-hmm. getting there, kind of. And I think she also mentions that it's the first time that she feels like the two of them have been honest with each other to that point, and she knows him yeah. a bit more. So it's kind of... Um, that was a cool moment because she says what we were thinking as a viewer, and that is it's taken something like this to actually get them to talk and reveal mm. some truths and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, so flashback stuff, dude. Um, basically a love story, essentially, right? A love story where mm. somebody's come into Jack's life unexpectedly. And at first glance, you just think it's Jack being Jack flirting yeah. all over the place all the rest of it only one bed oh geez you know oh we knew where that was going thing. right yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> i'll sleep on the floor of course you will we know you're gonna yeah whatever <laughs> and uh yeah so a very ask you a question on this dude a lot of times when we've reviewed tortured right from the beginning we've often said this thing where they will put sexual content swearing adult stuff basically into some episodes and we've always said i think bar a couple of times that they've done that because they can because they've because it's adult stuff from the world of doctor who and it's tortured sometimes you feel like well they didn't really need to do that it doesn't progress the story in any way they've just done it for the sake of being adult what do you think because that scene at the beginning was very very like any any listener that's listening to this now and you're thinking hmm my, me and my kids have watched all of Doctor Who. I'll probably yeah. watch that. I'll probably watch some Torchwood with them. Please don't with your with your kids, especially this series and this episode. So do you think this was needed, buddy, the the, the graphical content in this one? Or mm. did it really highlight the fact that him and Angelo are, you know, falling in love with each other very quickly? I'd, I'm a bit torn on that because they were quite strong. I don't... You know, it, it did seem like the nudity and stuff of the sex, a bit gratuitous. But oh, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't as like some episodes where you feel it is there for the sake of it. You, I kind of feel in a sense it was almost justified because it's just showing them the relationship between the two of them, and it's you know, I don't know. I'm a bit. I don't think it was gratuitous in the sense of some of the stuff we've had. You know that that does feel like it was just thrown in for sake of it. I feel like it did have a part in the story with those two so i can kind of overlook it again i think they sort of i mean you do i don't know maybe you maybe i think i saw more than i did it felt to me like it was quite uh, graphic i I remember writing like softcore porn scene uh that that, you know at the start but the, the the graphic violence at the end as well with jack being stabbed before i knew the twist you know, I was thinking, this is horrible. This this is just so unnecessary. Like, I know a, a Torchwood wants to be like an adult show, but this is too much. But then you get the twist of why they're doing it. And I sort of thought, oh, okay, so maybe it was justified having something like that. And I don't know. It, to me, this is very close to the bone in terms of drawing that line between teenage adult television i don't know it was both the sex and the violence in this were pretty strong but they do at least i feel play into the actual story rather than being there for shock tactics i think so maybe i could just about justify them but again it comes back to you know personal uh 
taste. I mean, I personally just didn't enjoy watching either of those scenes uh, and I would mm. gladly never watch them again. But, um, yeah, in terms of the story, I think I think they were, I don't know, were they needed? I think they were <laughs> to an extent, if I'm honest. I mean, I I just found the whole episode quite uncomfortable to watch, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, read you. you know, so it's not a particularly nice episode. I certainly wouldn't want, if I had, like, kids, uh, I wouldn't want them watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really wouldn't. It's It's definitely... I'm not saying class levels, because class was quite violent, wasn't it? As a Doctor Who spin-off, that had quite a lot of... And that was just gratuitous. I mean, class... The violence in class was there to make you squirm and grimace. Um, like, you know, people getting stabbed in the eye and chopped in half. It was just... It was trying to be like Buffy, basically. Whereas yep, this yep. one is like a very dark... And it is being adult rather than childish, I feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the sex yeah, and totally. violence to me feels very adult in this. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel sniggering, <laughs> childish. Let's throw some <laughs> bums in there. You know, what I mean, it didn't. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they were. It feels like they're taking it seriously. So I feel like they probably it is justified in that sense. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think, though? Or do you think they were just throwing it in because they can? What do you? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the scene needed to be there in terms of Jack and and Angelo being together because it does set up this whole thing around it's almost like a very fast-tracked thing that we've got with the doctor and rose Mm. so we had the doctor and rose and rose being all over the doctor you know but that happened over a whole series you know and all that so i feel like we've got a similar thing here with these two but it needed to be like really like we can't do this over four episodes this needs to happen now so the scene Mm. was there and serves a purpose because it it brought these unexpected thing together, these two sort of coming together. But I feel like the graphic nature of the scene just wasn't called for. And the reason why I say that is not just because I'm being a prude or anything like that, is that if Jack wasn't this type of person, then maybe it would have been needed. Like if Jack if was if Jack was this kind of reserved character that you never saw him flirt with anyone, never saw him kiss anyone but then to really highlight the fact that he has genuine feelings for this guy and opens up to him. And then you saw, you know, that stuff unfold on screen, then fine. Mm. But really, really, it's just another person that Jack slept with. So do you know what I mean? So it doesn't really serve a purpose in that respect. It's not opening up. It doesn't open up your eyes to this unseen personality trait of Jack in any way. It's just, Mm. you know, Jack's flirted with this guy He's all, he almost seduces him, doesn't he? Because the yeah. guy sees this nice-looking woman across the balcony, and then um, Jack's like, "Oh, you like her, do you?" And he's like, "Yeah, she's nice." And then they kind of do this little role-play thing where he's like, "Jack's like, this is what you should say to her to sort of get her into bed, sort of thing." And it ends up working on him, and blah blah blah. And it turns out that he's gay anyway, um, so it doesn't really matter the whole she's pretty sort of thing anyway. So um, I feel like it just wasn't really needed in that respect, but the scene. Probably on paper, I think, in the script, is probably like, okay, we need to see these two sort of get close early on because mm-hmm. they're going to be a, they are going to be a team, if you like, both both emotionally and, you know, all the other stuff. But I think when it came to actual production, John Barrowman's like, actually, we could probably do a bit more here, couldn't we? <laughs> we could probably flesh this out a bit and make it a bit more racy and stuff like that. So I don't know. But um, what did you think to um, the, sorry, before we, 
I haven't got too much more on my notes, but there was this scene that might also play into this whole miracle thing, not just Angelo, but um, Jack is hung up in the butcher's place. Oh, yeah. And there are these three mobsters that are there. And essentially, they buy Jack like he's a piece mm. of meat because they know about his, <laughs> you know, his healing powers and all, you know, all that stuff. And they make a pact. It's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to buy this thing because he's clearly not human. We're going to buy him, but we're going to share him, you know? Mm. So, you know, they put their hands out and they make a pact. So what do you think to that? Because that was, um, that might be something. The only thing that's going around in my head at the moment is have they somehow managed to manufacture Jack's ability to regenerate? Mm. not regenerate because that's you know but you know to heal and that sort of thing and these guys have sort of cottoned onto that and they use jack as a bit of a a walking sort of petri dish i guess of you know this healing power so what do you think to those dudes yeah i mean that that was a bit of a turning point in the episode for me because up until then i was just really sort of com- i was kind of looking forward to the episode ending because of the content and i was just thinking oh this is grim um and that that was a turning point because then my sort of uncomfortableness turned to intrigue by who they are and why they've bought Jack and, and the fact that obviously it plays into him being mortal at this point in time. So yes, I thought that was a, an interesting little plot twist in the story. And, um, and obviously that's going to play into the whole miracle day thing. And this is the thing you're talking about the relationship between Jack and Angelo and these three guys. And clearly this is a, now we're getting some of the backstory episode seven we're finally getting some of the backstory and i just wonder how this was plotted out like i'm assuming this was the starting point for the story at some point or at least it was an early on right so this is going to be tied into jack and it's going to lead to the miracle day so presuming that they plotted this series out well i would have thought we'd have had a bit more of this early on in terms of even if we just got some flashbacks to jack and angelo early on and we don't know any of this stuff but we just sort of get the odds i feel like some of these elements should have been thrown into the story much more early on like just little breadcrumbs of jack and angelo there was this guy and we don't even need to know about any of the stuff that we saw at the end of this episode yet but we could have sort of had that relationship build up in flashbacks over the seven episodes we've had so far um and i think it it you know would have made it a bit more feel a little less rushed because now we're suddenly getting the backstory and um, it would have been nice if they had just sort of interspersed a little bit of that early on I think so yes I was intrigued by the three guys and the fact they bought Jack and and all that sort of thing so mm. as I said a bit of a turning point for me because I was suddenly getting interested in in between all this gore and and stuff and and stuff i was finally getting interested in in what was going on yes so yes i was intrigued by those three guys yeah yeah and the fact that they've bought jack i mean that's just like you said literally bought him like a piece of meat uh is is interesting yeah to see what happens you know what did they do after they bought him do they just continually stab him again or what what's going to happen i don't know it's weird isn't it because yes what did they buy him for exactly it's weird because as far as we know we have no idea if Jack is able to share his his abilities with anybody. Mm. So that's never been mentioned or anything like that before. So it's weird that they might somehow um, tap into that, but just at the very end of Torchwood's life, basically. So then again, mm. that might not be a bad thing. Um, okay, I've got one more thing on my note before we close out with a score. And that is um, 
you know we've had episodes before where people have been sidelined so that's definitely happened in this one so the um gwen's family back in wales in the uk um reese has got you know the baby and, and that sort of thing and we see pc andy a little bit um and then in the us and all that stuff um we see rex and esther who are only in it really at the beginning and at the end yeah so they have a little moment and stuff like that so it really is a jack and a jack and gwen episode along with along with angelo um do you think that they should have do you think that they should have included rex and esther a little bit more in terms of you know the woman who they meet at the end who's contacted mm. gwen to deliver jack so that was obviously the big twisty bit at the end it's like the reveal that angelo's alive and knows of jack and and wants to see him and stuff but do you think maybe that should have happened earlier on and included those guys or did you think that it was cool just the jack and gwen because um it got to a point where it was like 40 minutes in Hmm. or you know 35 four minutes in and i thought okay we're going sort of this to and from back and you know round in circles a little you know we've already done this bit so it's like we'll see jack and, and gwen in the car and they have a mini argument and then it cuts to the flashback and that's the actual story of the episode. And then we'll go back to the car. They'll have another mini argument. And then, yeah. so I felt like that was okay. So it's almost like this, um, I'm no expert on this stuff, but I assume in terms of how you tell a story in terms of television or audio, whatever, that's kind of like a question and answer method of telling a story where you've got people talking about something and then we go back and see the answer to what they've just said or you know something like that i just felt like they probably could have wrapped that if doing it a bit early on and included those guys earlier but it's a small criticism really but yeah no i think i know what you mean because it did it does feel like a bit of a quick solution they just suddenly turn up at the end they literally guess or she guesses that something's not right with gwen and they check the lenses and they can see the conversation and suddenly you know the police burst in and save reese and gwen's mum and dad it's it's a very quick wrap-up you know and they're suddenly on they've managed to get there before gwen and jack even though they probably would have left afterwards so they managed to get to the cliff top and before them it, it was a very quick wrap-up and it to be honest if you looked into it too deeply it doesn't really work so it might have made sense to have just had a couple of little scenes where they're just figuring out something's not quite right so that they do manage to get there before Gwen and Jack because it did feel a little bit like well hang on how did those guys get there so quick and get guns aimed at the people and they're all ready to go and Gwen and Jack have been in the car like a longer before them anyway but so yes I think it was a bit of a quick wrap-up and a couple of tiny little scenes would have just broken that up quite nicely i think if we'd have had a bit more of them figuring out and trying to get there before gwen and jack maybe so yeah yeah i yeah. do okay yeah and it would have broke it broke up the episode a little bit as well yeah it would do it would have done mm -hmm. yes okay anything else on your notes but um no i just it just the only thing i'd got left really was just the i like the fact that like you mentioned it that the jack wanting to be like the doctor and i just i don't know if it's intentional but did you, did you notice that scene but when i say jack like wanting to be like the doctor i don't mean like the master wanting to be like the doctor i mean jack wanting a companion to travel yeah, with him yeah did you think it was intentional when jack puts on almost like a, a tenth doctor coat like that beige mm -hmm. long jacket i thought is that is that jack trying to be like the doctor i think so, so. Do, do you think that as well yeah because it? he also he also said to angelo look the first rule or something is and then he shouts run 
and then the Murray Gold music kicks in and they go running yeah. off down the corridor. So yeah, I do think he wants to be a little bit like like the Doctor at that point. Yeah, definitely. Now, my only other note was uh, I like the fact it started on Ellis Island because I I went there oh, very yeah. briefly yeah. while I was in New York. We literally jumped off a boat, whizzed around the museum and, and got back on the boat because we were running out of time. And so just to see Ellis Island at the start and I couldn't work out having been inside that building. I'm pretty sure they didn't really film it there. It's just an establishing shot, but they did a blimmin' good job of making what was presumably Cardiff look like the inside of that building. Because I did even mm-hmm. question, is that actually... Because it looked a lot like the building inside, so they did a great job with it. Um, and the only other note I've got, mate, is obviously on the DVDs, you won't get this because if you watch it on BritBox, where on the DVDs you get these little intros by Barrowman and RTD... And they give you an intro to the episode. It's really it's cheesy, weird. Yeah. It's like yeah. a little teaser thing. They must have put it out on in America or something at the on the time, where they go. So this episode, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, and they're being really <laughs> enthusiastic to try and build up the episode before you watch it. Very unneeded. But Barrowman did say this is one of his favourite episodes. We wonder Shred. why. Yeah, yeah. I just, it just, he's so <laughs> enthusiastic about it. And I thought, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Barrowman loves this one. Can't imagine why. No so, idea yeah. why he loves it. Yeah. No. Anyway. And uh, the, the guy who played Angelo, he, we didn't really talk about him, but he does give a good performance. This, and I, I thought I recognized him. It was bugging me all the way through. Where have I seen that guy before? I know that guy. And I Googled him afterwards, and he's not really done anything before or since. So, I, I, I must be confusing him with someone else, I feel. But, I thought he gave a good little performance um, in this. So I'm kind of hoping we see, well, I wouldn't say more of him because we've seen quite a lot of him <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, him being naked a lot of the time. But I mean, I hope we see more of his character um, in the next couple of episodes because I thought he was a good, good, uh, gave a good performance. He did. Yes. Yeah. And um, to be honest with you, he hasn't really done much in the way of... No, he's done um, nothing. I reckon I'm thinking of someone else. What's well, actually, his name? Actually, I say nothing. He hasn't really done anything in terms of British speaking well, stuff, right. but he has done lots of things um, in his native tongue. So lots and lots of Italian television and films and sure stuff. Sure, I've seen him in something. Yeah. What's his name, uh, mate? Uh, it, well, it's uh, Daniele, or Daniel, <laughs> um, Favilli. Yes. Favilli, yeah. Yeah, he was cool though. He go. was alright. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay then, uh, and very just actually uh, very quickly, um, we got the trickster mentioned, the trickster brigade, which was a nice little um, carryover from the Sarah Jane adventures, rather than than Doctor Who. You know, when they open up the case and they see the parasite, the little worm thing that's going to be that was brought in for the president. You know, Jack immediately yeah. recognizes it and he's like, "Yep, this is planted here by the trickster brigade," and blah blah blah. So that was quite nice. Yeah, I liked yeah. that bit of the story as well because again, it's sort of a bit X filey and very yeah. much sort of tortured evolved that having this sort of uh, a proper. It wasn't CGI either, was it? It was like a proper puppet monster, and I, li- I liked that little bit. Mm. Yes, it mm. was cool. Rise then, dude. Scores on the doors. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give mm-hmm. this, buddy. I'm going to give this a seven point five because Ooh, I thought okay. it was. Um, I thought it was a, a good, a good solid little watch, and there was just a few criticisms from me that were like. You know, I, I felt like things went on a little bit too long. They could have done this a bit more. Blah blah blah. The usual, mm. the usual stuff. But I thought it was a good, a good watch, and um, it's it's brought the intrigue back a little bit. That I think will be a nice stepping stone to the next episode. Yeah, that's that's a good good shout, mate. I I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. So I'm a little bit lower than you, but a seven out of ten, mostly because I 
was squirming a lot of the time uh, oh, yeah. during this. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, seven out of ten. Mate. It, it was a it was a good story. I thought. Yes. And okay. um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, although I may not be loving Miracle Day, I'm certainly not. I think I gave up watching this when it was on TV. So I don't even know if I don't remember watching this episode before. I have a feeling I may have given up <laughs> by mm. this point when it was on TV. And um, I'm slowly sort of getting back invested in it. So, yeah, I hope it's got a good payoff. That's what I keep thinking. Like we keep getting these good little moments in this otherwise quite hard going yeah, yeah. series. So, yeah, yeah this was a, a good stepping stone, like you said. Good stuff. Right, a seven and a half from me then, a seven from him. What did our listeners think? We only had a few. We had a few over on the Twitter, so thank you very much. We had uh, Chippy T. Now, Chippy T has not been a fan of no. Torchwood thus far. And uh, his his little mini-review reflects that. He says, please let it stop. Gruesome <laughs> and unnecessarily bloody. Seems to add little to the story beyond a shock horror edge. Two out of ten, and I'm being generous. Mm, I don't know. It did add a little bit. I feel it. It did add some stuff, but yeah, it was a bit gory, mate. I agree. A little bit, yes. Uh, Will Sanger uh, at TardisNet sixty six says it does spice things up a bit going into Jack's mm. past and add some personal stakes with Gwen. However, I feel it feels like the relationship between Jack and Angelo isn't given enough breathing room, and there isn't enough of a believable emotional connection between the two. Mm, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, th- I feel like it was rushed in. But yeah. you can't really do that over a number of episodes because we're running out of episodes. <laughs> we're running out mm. of them. So, but yeah, we, we understand what you're saying, Will. Yeah, bang on. And then lastly, Sarah Louise, the running Whovian, says, always good to learn more about Jack's backstory. And I thought Angelo was an interesting character. It will be good to see how, they, uh, how things develop. I do get bored of the constant hookups, though. Uh, Gwent was her <laughs> usual kick herself, and no surprise that Esther and Rex helped at the end. A six out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay. Yeah, that's cool, Sarah. Hmm. A six and a two. And then sevens from us. Interesting. Okie dokie. So that's Torchwood then. Um, episode seven, Immortal Sins. That's all done and dusted. Um, next week, we're going to backtrack and do what we should have done this week. And what is that, dude? Yeah, so we will try and get the Silurian Seven Parser, the John Pertwee story, watched, and then we'll be reviewing that next week. Next week, indeed. Yes. So, mm. um, get your uh, your classic DVDs out. Get your brick box fired up. Whatever you need to do, get the Silurians watched, because we'll be asking for your thoughts and your scores out of ten and mini thoughts and everything next week. And until then, bud, let's wrap it there for episode three hundred and sixty-four. Alrighty. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box podcast. Assuming that you listened to last week, of course. If this is the first time that you've listened to the show, then welcome, welcome aboard the TARDIS. Make sure that you're following and subscribing to this podcast in your preferred podcast app of choice. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast or head over to a big blue box podcast at code.uk forward slash listen. That will give you links to go off to all the common things where you can uh, you can join uh, the show over there uh, on the website, which is just um, uh, Big Blue Box Podcast at Cuddit UK. You can listen to uh, all the episodes there for free. Plus, you can check out and read all of the cool articles and reviews from our writing team. Those guys are very cool. 
we are on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook we chat doctor who throughout the week so come and get involved in there plus we have an awesome free a discord server there's a link on the website go and check that out and come and chat doctor who with lots of other cool who fans also don't remember to forget to check out <laughs> my co-host channel over on youtube it's called the geeks handbag yes plenty of videos on the geeks handbag go and have a look and i'm working on a new one right now well very soon <laughs> to go and have a look also on the socials insta twitter facebook all those so you can find me on there indeedy yes new stuff from adam is always good so the geeks handbag uh, there's a link on the website to that as well actually so just click that that'll drop you over to youtube and adam's on the socials too under the same name the geeks handbag all the things twitter facebook instagram to go and stalk him and chat doctor who and other sci-fi goodness for all that stuff Rightio, until next week for 365, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, a hey. 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 hey.